0: welcome to the podcast of new city church we hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation please join us on sundays you can find more information on our website grownewcity.church god bless you i just want to give us a a big shout out to people who are here for the first time wow (laughs) lots of lots of folks here good for you and for folks who are joining us on our live stream hey um, so uh, we know that not everyone who is um, in this room is totally familiar with the Bible so we have this little cheat sheet. Uh, this is the layout of the Bible. Um, we just had a reading from Luke, which is a gospel. Excelente. So gospels are the uh, like four uh, biographies that we have about the life of Jesus. A lot of people who start reading the Bible uh, at New City Church like to start at Luke because there is such an emphasis on liberation of the oppressed. So, uh, so that's a good spot to start. And I just, I just want us to like transport ourselves a little bit into the, the mindset of, of what it, it would have been like to be in the story that we just read. Uh, namely, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, especially as we're starting our gospel living Bible class today, yay! Um, I'm really, um, I'm, I want to put a, a focus on scripture. And what I'm cu- most curious about is what did Jesus think of the Bible? What did Jesus think as he was coming to this t- synagogue, this temple that he was very familiar with? and asking for this scroll and then unfurling it. Because here's the funny thing about being a Christian is that we believe that Jesus wasn't just a person, but Jesus was like the manifestation of God. Like was God on earth. And so there's this other part um, uh, in Colossians that says, the Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation. He existed before all things, and all things are held together in him. All things are held together in him. Whoo! Okay, so like we believe that Jesus is the Christ, and Christ means that he was there before any of this happened. Jesus was there while the Bible was being authored, and then he was reading it. So imagine looking at this scroll in the synagogue, and you know, like Jesus kind of like remembering the Bible, like, oh yeah, I remember when Hagar was on her last dollar, abandoned in the middle of the desert with her little son. And she had nothing else but tears and desperation. And God responded back and said, tears and desperation are all you need to have a connection to God. And God was faithful to her. And God showed up for her and listened to her when no one else would. Jesus remembering these stories of of Hagar and Jesus remembering the story of Moses, these these oppressed people born into slavery and into an empirical system that was demanding more from one group of people for the benefit of another group of people. Here was Moses speaking out a liberation that no one thought was possible. And Jesus saying like, I remember that. I remember when we stood on the shoreline and we were looking at this sea and we thought that nothing would be able to set us free that we were doomed and in the and Moses's people took a chance to step into that water and it flushed to the side and Jesus was there making a way out of no way for an oppressed people to be free Jesus like I remember that and I remember it was a good one that I'm glad that it made it into the Bible <laughs> and some of my better work and, and, um, and Jesus, uh, the Christ, who was there in the beginning, remembers the Ethiopian eunuch who, uh, who went to the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was feeling really down, and the, he spoke out against the king. The king uh, imprisoned him in a dried-out water cistern, a container for water, a dried-out water cistern. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, working in the palace who said, the prophets don't belong behind bars. They belong on the streets. And they belong in the kingdom. And the king needs to listen to the prophets. And so this Ethiopian eunuch, a dark-skinned, gender minority in in the kingdom said we're going to we're going to figure this out and so and so the ethiopian eunuch collected a bunch of the other workers the people who the 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 king wasn't paying attention to gathered a bunch of other workers gathered together rags discarded from the king tied together a ladder and saved jeremiah from the cistern this no, this non binary conforming gendered person saved someone from the cis ah. turn. Okay, so like, and Jesus was like, Yeah, because that's what God does. That's what God does. God takes the scraps. God takes the folks that no one else is looking out for and says, I have a mission of liberation for you. And the other folks are way too important to listen to me, but you are the ones who are going to save the people. You are the ones who are going to put together the words that we can pass down to our children and our children's children, and we can let a a word of freedom be proclaimed when the empire is only talking about domination. Jesus the Christ was there in the beginning as all of this text was being written. All of these stories were being shared. And, uh, and were the stories perfect? Of course not, because people wrote them. But were they inspired and accompanied by a God who was making a way out of no way? Absolutely. And I can believe that, because we had a community arts night last night. And there were did anyone perform anything that was perfect? No. But did we hear things that were inspired? For folks who were there last night, can you clap your hands if you were inspired from last night? Like, oh my gosh. Like, I know that Jesus speaks through our art. And so I have every reason to believe that Jesus is speaking through this art so uh so uh so jesus is looking at this um scroll and he's kind of like remembering he was looking at the isaiah scroll but you know all the whole torah would have been there and stuff and he's uh reading through this isaiah scroll and he's remembering uh he was there when isaiah was talking to a um diaspora people to a people who uh, had a culture that they had issues with, but it wasn't perfect, but it was something. And then a huge colonizing force came in and dragged them all off to slavery. And they were spread around, a diaspora people. Jesus was reading through Isaiah like, yeah, I remember this. And then he landed on the spot that we read today, which is like the despacito of Isaiah. Like, it's like the jam. Like everyone breaks down, everyone gets into it when this part in Isaiah comes because it's talking about the liberation of the oppressed. It's talking about people who are imprisoned being able to be free, a society finally being able to live up to our deepest hopes. It's the one that all of us, that describes the thing that all of us want, but we don't know where to find the miracle to make it happen. Uh, and Jesus was reading this text. And I, I think about, um, you know, who was in the room in that synagogue that day, in that, in that uh, synagogue in the Middle East? It probably would have been hot. Who was sitting there in the room? I bet there was uh, one person who was, had studied the scripture all their lives and and felt like they had a really strong command of it. Like I pretty much, I, I kind of like get the Bible, you might say. And and they and and they felt really confident. Maybe they got a, a seminary degree. Maybe they like post on blogs about how much they get the, the Bible. Maybe they Instagram about it. Yeah. Maybe they like Instagram like. How many colors of highlighters oh. have you ever seen this go in the Bible? And like underline and stuff, um, which I'm all, about, you know, I'm, I'm pro all of that. And, and then here's Jesus, here's Jesus saying, this word is fulfilled in me. Jesus was saying, I am, I am anointed to bring good news. And all of a sudden, the person who is so expert about all those scriptures would have been like, whoa, 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 wait. I know how this is supposed to go. I know the Bible. I've built so much of my life off of this. And I have a story of what the Bible is about. And you are queering the reading. Of the bible in a way that i am not okay with you are breaking all types of frameworks and and what about uh all of the seminary textbooks i have what about all of the all the books that i've written about this and here you are saying that there is in God, a new way to read Scripture that I never anticipated, but now I have to receive because you are the Christ. You are telling me that what I grew, up, the Bible that I grew up with, and the Bible that we are reading right now is the same text but a different story. Right. How dare you! <laughs> um, and and I bet that, and I bet there was another person who was like, why are we still reading the Bible? Like it's so old and the language just doesn't make sense. And like, I know it has some like really nice stories about morals and ethics or whatever, but we, we kind of have our own stories of morals and we already know how to live a good life. Like everyone knows how to be a good person. Why do we need to read the Bible to discover something that we already know? Uh, and it's so arduous, and like, and and uh, like, when people ask me if I'm reading the Bible, I feel a lot of shame because I know I'm supposed to, or I know that some people think that I'm supposed to, but I don't see any relevance of it to my life at all. This is all just history stuff. Um, and and uh, and Jesus was reading to that person, and and I imagine a third person who was, like, you know what, forget the Bible. Uh, The Bible harms people. The Bible has texts that excludes people. The Bible is weaponized against people like me. Why would I preserve something that is contributing to my own oppression? Why would I come back again and again to a text that has abused me instead of freed myself from this relationship with this text that is so harmful? Why would I bother with the Bible? And Jesus was reading to that person as well. The whole synagogue was leaning in to see what Jesus would do because somehow there is something about the scripture that changes when Jesus Christ is added into the story. We relate to it differently. This is why Christians and Jewish folks share texts and I benefit so deeply from Jewish scholarship and Jewish reading of texts. And we relate to the story completely differently. And that's difference is OK. Difference is celebrated and great. We're not, uh, not going to let like, a Christian reading of the Bible be like veiled anti-Semitism of like, we have like version 2.0, you have version 1.0. Like, let us tell you what this is about. Like, it was just a different reading, but it is different. It, it, it is different. Uh, Because we believe that uh, the Old Testament is kind of this, like, ramping up, getting ready to go, saying there is going to be a historical figure who's going to free people, who's going to make a way out of no way permanently, who's going to transform the whole earth, who's going to bring all people together. And then then Christians kind of, in like the biggest, like, surprise letdown, and then it turns around, Jesus comes onto the stage with his sandals and nasty hair and he's like ta-da <laughs> like it's me <laughs> you thought it would be you thought it would be someone who came with a huge military you thought it would be someone who came with all the, all the ideas and, and someone who would be able to uh, stand up against all the Roman guards, someone who would be able to just wave the hand and then all of a sudden everyone would be free. And you have a right to believe that because you have those texts like Isaiah promising that. But Jesus Christ came in to break all of our frameworks and to say there's, there's actually a different way that God goes about doing things. God isn't going to work the empire way to bring about a liberated world. The God is going to work God's way to bring about a liberated world. And that means it's not just through force, and it's not just through being impressive and dominating. It's going to be about transforming the human heart. And we're going to do that, Jesus says, one person at a time. And that is as fast as we will be able to do it with integrity and hope. So Jesus reads this text of liberation to people and says, this is becoming true today in the hearing of your text. And this is some of the wrestling that we have to do as Christians, isn't it? Because on one hand, we believe that that Jesus, um, through grace, allows us to live free lives, that, that we have encountered freedom and forgiveness through Jesus. And on the other hand, we go out into the world and it's still full of mess. And, 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 and people are still using the Bible as a weapon just like always. Uh, and, and Jesus <laughs> leans in and says, yeah, the preposterous thing that I'm asking you to believe that will change everything is that the love of God freed, frees, and will free us. Freed. Freeze and will free us. The love of God is something that has worked through your past, that is healing the ancestral wounds of your people, that has brought people a mighty long way towards freedom. God's love is something that is working presently in your life right now, currently. In your hearing of this worship service, God is trying to tell you something to step a little bit more towards freedom and liberation for all people. And we know that God is with us for the long haul, that we are going to keep walking this road one step at a time, even when fighting feels like we're dying. And we're going to we're going to push for liberation with the Holy Spirit that will not abandon us. This is important because if we don't believe that God has freed, frees, and will free us, then how we operate in justice spaces is completely different because if we believe that it is just our hands that will do it just our feet that will walk there and we are abandoned spiritually then it's all up to us and we're going to shrink in in the same fear and scarcity that the empire wants us to be in in the first place if we can open with the confidence of the children of god saying, I believe that the Holy Spirit was with my people, is with my people, and will be creating me into a new people in the future, then all of a sudden our heart is opened up in a way that you really can't describe until you're there. The the type of generosity and openness that you discover in the grace of God is unlike anything else that I have encountered. I've met lots of justice people who are amazing and on their own spiritual life, on their own spiritual walk that I am glad to walk in solidarity with. And I know that the Christian story changes lives. And that's what we're here at New City to do. And that's why we read the Bible. We read the Bible because it teaches us about the people closest to Jesus and the text that Jesus read. The Bible isn't just, um, it's not replaceable with other books with good stories or good advice. The Bible is written and composed by the people who knew Jesus best, who understood what he was about the most, who felt a lot of historical, geographic, physical, tangible proximity to him. Uh, and, And we feel like, yeah, that's, if we're going to be playing this game of 2,000 years, game of telephone, we should probably try to listen to the people who are closest to the source, uh, and that's so that's the New Testament. And then the Old Testament are all of the texts that Jesus was reading during his ministry. Uh, the Old Testament adds dimension and depth and richness to the New Testament because as you start reading through the New Testament, you'll realize that it is constantly referring to generations and centuries back of writing to say, this is how Jesus is in conversation with the Old Testament. And that's why we need uh, both of those testaments, right? And so, uh, so we're starting this class today, and some of you are reading the Bible because you love Jesus and because you want to get more in love with Jesus. You want to learn more about the historical, the literary, the grace-filled, the inspired parts of Jesus' life. And some of you are like, are reading it because you don't know him enough to love him. Like, you're like, I think Jesus is like, a, it seems like a good guy. Like, it seems like he said some things, don't agree with what the church is all the way doing, but it seems like Jesus was a good guy, and maybe I should lean in and and learn a little bit more. And both of these are equally valid good reasons to be reading the Bible, Uh, and we're gonna be taking it really seriously this month. We have exercises every single day to learn how to read the Bible better. Because ultimately, um, to borrow a phrase from Adrienne Marie Brown, we read the Bible because we are ancestors in training. We have so benefited from, I mean, think of the lineages present in this room. Think of the manifold legion nations represented in just this gathering here. So many of our ancestors worked so hard so that we could gather in this room right here. And I wanna be an ancestor in training while I'm alive. I wanna live like I'm a blessing for the generations ahead of me. I wanna live like the world is going to be a more free place after I die. And the Bible is a text that accompanies us and enriches and guides us in how to do that well. We graft ourselves into the scroll. We put ourselves into the story of God to realize that we are not alone, that there is a bright future of a liberating God ahead of us, and it's going to happen one heartbeat at a time. Amen.